Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We're all about the archers. I'm Philippa. And I'm Quentin. We are here to talk, it's so exciting, to Sarah Heher, who is a script writer for the archers and is, drumroll, the script writer for the archers this very week. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. It's really good to talk to you. I think we've all loved this week, the highs and the lows. Was it a fun week to write? Do you know, I did actually find it quite a fun week. There's a lot of space, I think, as a writer to find your way through the stories. There's obviously a couple of big threads going through there. The George and Brad storyline was just like a line or two in the story pack. And we discussed some ideas at the story meeting and it kind of grew from there. So that was fun because that's quite nice where you've got space to, to play with the story as the writer. Because obviously some of the bigger stories, they have a trajectory you have to follow. Before we started recording, you said that you actually wrote this back in August. So there's there's obviously a quite a big lead time between the writing and the actual broadcast. What's it like to listen to live when you've written it a few months back? Mostly it's actually quite nice because it feels it's quite fresh again. I think if you listen to it straight after you'd written it, we get somewhere between a week and a half and two weeks, depending which time of year you're writing the script. So it's quite intense. You're writing six scripts in a short time. So you're kind of immersed in it in a different way. So that space is nice because you step back as the writer and get to listen a little bit more like the audience. But the actors are great yeah. and the directors are great. So you trust the team that it's going to be nicely produced. But you do wonder sometimes how some of your ideas are going to land. Yeah, does it always come out how you heard it in your head when you wrote it? Not always, but strangely quite often because I think I don't know about the other writers, but I know that we all listen. And I don't think unless you listened avidly, firstly, you wouldn't enjoy it. I don't know why you'd be on the team. But also it would be really hard to write because I hear them in my head. I hear their voices in my head. That's It's really beautiful. Every time you start writing a pack of a, a week of scripts, you're not quite sure. You've got your plan and everything and you know what you've got to get to. But, you know, Eddie's line, all that glitters isn't built in a day. 
Eddie said to me, I can't, I almost can't <laughs> take the credit for it because you hear their voices, certainly when it's going well. Now, we should say that we are recording this on Friday of your week. So we have heard episodes up yeah. to Thursday, but we're not going to talk about tonight's episode, even though people will be listening to this on Saturday once they've heard it. I'm just interested in you mentioned this pack that you get and it sets some things out perhaps in detail <clears throat> and others not in detail. Did it include gems that Eddie would make this speech to Oliver or that Alistair would talk about the length of worms that turkeys have? I mean, what? where was your fairy dust <laughs> on this, Sarah? Yes, it's interesting because it depends because things change throughout the whole process right to the very end. Like I say, even beyond our scripts, things will change because occasionally actor availability changes. Sometimes, particularly some of the very experienced actors will just say something, a line in a slightly different way. It didn't say Eddie says something funny. It's not as prescriptive as that. You have the loose storylines, but the Alistair storyline about turkeys, we talk a lot to the agricultural editors, so they'll have an input into the story pack, but they will also be involved throughout the process. And all our agricultural editors I've worked with have been amazing. They tend to get back to you within about 30 seconds if you're sending an email to ask something. And yeah, I'd been told then at some point about these worms. And then I do some of my own research and that's where the character comes in, I suppose. And the conversation and the fun of it struck me. That was what I found interesting, how long these worms were. So, <laughs> so no, I mean, there's never any dialogue or suggestion of dialogue. It tends to be plot. Though occasionally, and certainly we have a story meeting where we'll discuss all the writers on that pack will be there as well as the agricultural editor and all the production team. So We'll chat about stuff and sometimes it'll be another writer will say something about my week that I think, oh, that's gold. You write it down and definitely use it. So it, the whole thing is collaborative, even though it feels like you spend that week and a half kind of at your computer on your own frantically writing. Our archive is amazing. The people who work with the archive. I've never worked on a show that's been as wonderfully obsessive. Our listeners basically could do that job too. Some of our listeners, I think, they sometimes find the odd error but generally not I think that it's really really carefully done and we check everything we think to check anyway I would might check like a character whether they had a dog as a child and maybe it's never been mentioned then you have the opportunity to invent whether they did or they didn't and whether it fits their character that they had a traumatic experience with it or not but if they did have a dog as a child you certainly don't want to say they didn't because our listeners will know yeah, there were two standout scenes to me so far this week, Sarah, in which has been a, bit, a very interesting week. I mean, Lee losing it with Helen was fantastic because at last he's actually had the courage to stand up to Helen, who's been crushing him for months, hasn't she? But the other scene that was standout for me was beautifully written as well, I have to say, by you, was the, the one where Linda is reflecting with Pip on how she fell in love with Robert. Beautifully written, beautifully acted, but I couldn't help but feel, because as sadly as we know, the actor who plays Robert has died in real life. Was that very much a requiem for Robert? Yeah, there was that certainly in our minds. And I know that the team had spoken to Carol before I even mm. wrote it to see how she felt about doing that scene. And she was very keen to do it. And I think there's those moments, and you don't get them every week, where you get a chance at slightly to kind of break out of I mean, it still was naturalistic. She's talking to Pip. It feels quite an honour, I think, certainly for a character like Linda and in the in memory of Robert to write something like that. You just have to kind of embody 
Linda and I wrote for Robert as well. That was great. I wrote some nice pandemic episodes with Robert in. And it, she did it beautifully. I mean, it was, again, that kind of thing is when you listen as the writer and you've written it. And there's the times where it totally transcends what you've written because the actor takes it on and does something with it that is so beautiful. And that was from her heart. And actually, I spoke to her the 20,000th episode, and um, she actually held my hand and said that in the recording, it's very emotional. You don't get those kind of connections usually, especially in the days of working quite remotely. So that was actually a really yeah, beautiful moment and something I won't forget as a writer for The Archers. Another scene I've loved this week was with Alan and Henry, and Alan actually parenting yes. Henry better than Helen is doing. We don't want any spoilers, but presumably you are aware of what lies ahead and you can reflect that in the writing that you're doing. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, we do know to some extent, though, like I say, things do change. We have long-term stories and we have short-term stories and we have what you're writing that day and there's a certain amount of flexibility. So you can't totally rely on what you know that's coming up you have in your mind where where certain stories are going let's go about red herrings because i've got some things wrong this week quentin got it right i thought it was george that had done the spraying on the church door <laughs> and had got henry to take the, the blame for that so quentin got that one right but have I, was, scoreboards? Yeah, I was reading too much into it do you delight in sometimes dropping in red herrings that we all zoom in on and then we're looking in the wrong direction there's a balance you don't want to just totally wrong foot the audience too often and you want to give hints that make it reasonable so yes there is that so i think some writers do it more I think I don't do it as much as other writers. Also, I find it so interesting when I haven't put in a red herring and some or, or a clue and people read it as a clue. <laughs> it probably depends how busy I am in writing and home life. Depends how much I might look at Twitter or Facebook. And I do see some of those comments. And then realising that something you've written totally without thinking about it has sent people down. And even there was there was music once in the scene I wrote between Beth and Ben where they were having a bedroom picnic and I'd chosen a track because my kids like it. The oldest is a similar age to Beth and Ben. So I was like, oh, that's the kind of music people, and that was all. But the lyrics in it were about a, a woman who was pregnant and running away from a family and somebody had heard that, knew the song, and thought it was a clue to a future story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It kind of makes you feel a responsibility, although that was light enough for what you are writing, how closely it's listened to. Sarah, I've got to ask you, because it's alluded to without us being told, but as you say, the characters speak to you in your head. What were the obscene words that Henry sprayed on the door of St. Stephen's? <laughs> Kerry wrote the end of last week and I wrote this week. So we had a lot of fun. And actually, we spent more time than you might imagine talking about what it was going to be, even though it was never going to no. be on air. We, we had lots of different versions of what might have been written. Are we talking four letters here or longer, Sarah? I, I, I think probably if listeners are kind of betting on four letters, that, that's quite a good Okay. Bet. We'll leave it there. We'll park it there. It wasn't a competing cheese then to Helen's. That's what I was wondering. It, it wasn't Celia's cheese. Oh, that... oh, my goodness. That would have been great. That would have been great. That would have really upset Helen. So when she said obscene, yeah. Yeah, she really that, meant obscene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, talking of cheese, Sarah, Philippa is obsessed, that is not too strong a word, with any mention of food on the arches. And she 
compiles no, a whole list. Whole list. Is that something that you as writers consciously insert into the script? I'm not that interested. I just don't clock them. Philippa yeah. does. Absolutely obsessed. And I just wonder, is it sort of part of the subtext? I guess we're in the farming world so that people are producing food. This is an excuse. It's because I like food in my week and because a lot of my socialising and family life is around food. I have had weeks where I saw pointed out how many times crisps have been mentioned. I love crisps. I try not to eat too many, obviously, like all of us, but I, I do it vicariously through my characters in the bull. But I also think as well, we are writing scenes... We're having to have busy, busy working farmers talking to each other. And we try as much as possible to put them in their work environments, but sometimes that's not possible. So the times they see each other tend to be around breaks and lunch times and evening, and it's that relaxation. But yeah, again, it comes down to different writers. I shall yeah. think of you, Philippa, when I'm writing it. And when I'm arguing to keep <laughs> all of my food references in the script, how <laughs> absolutely essential they are, I will I'll cite love them as well. I don't know, I'm just making excuses. I like food. I love it. And yes, lots of listeners to our podcast love it as well. So yes, please, please keep the food references coming, Sarah. But I wanted to ask you about the actors because they know who's writing which week. Do they suddenly sort of befriend you and ask you out for coffee when you're <laughs> going to be writing to try and get more scenes? No, none of them seem as Machiavellian as that. That's not my experience. But yeah, maybe they should. To get more scenes, they haven't. I don't know what the experience of other writers is. That would be a good idea. Maybe you've put that out there now. Yes, yes you're suddenly <laughs> going to get the to, invite. To charm the writers. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, I'm, I'm, I'm struck by how underwhelmed Ambridge is about Pip and Stella coming out. Pip certainly coming out. And I saw this on uh, Twitter from uh, Steve Brooks. He says, I love the way no one is even slightly phased by Pip's same-sex relationship, even though she's doing her level best to freak them out. <laughs> And, uh, and underneath, <laughs> Elizabeth Wilhite says, yes, it's quite funny and well-written. So is this, a, is this a strategy of the scriptwriter to say, look, it's no big deal. However, Pip wants to be the centre of attention about all this. Nobody's bothered. I mean, even yeah. Jill was considering her pronouns, for goodness sake. So I think Jill probably understands that being a lesbian doesn't change your pronouns. I think she no. had that slight cheeky naughtiness about her. I, I mean, we had the story early on with Ruth. And her, which wasn't absolutely wasn't homophobia, but it was this. Mm. It was the mm. struggling with the relationship yeah. and everything. Well, how much to say? My revelation to Linda that was this week, really. I mean, Alistair's sister is a lesbian, so I think that was quite natural that it wouldn't be something. Or certainly, even if he was surprised, he would kind of be quite versed in not showing that that it wasn't surprised by their relationship Linda in my mind I felt like she might have had some hint of this she might have heard in the village already that it wasn't totally the first she'd heard of it you know she's a woman of the world she and, and it is 2023 <laughs> I don't think it's been like a party line but I was again I, I grew up in a small village in North Lincolnshire and my mum still lives there and I go back there and I think in my mind as well I didn't want this idea that People from the big cities think that we haven't heard of a lesbian couple in a small Lincolnshire village mm. or a small Midlands village yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, when I wrote that scene, Linda already had some hint and was just happy for them. She's just talked yeah. about falling for the person and whoever that person is, it's who makes you happy. I know people that age. These are people who grew up in the 60s now. We're not, there's lots yeah. of people open-minded. Yeah. I mean, somebody else pointed out on Twitter, Pip just has to tell Susan and then that, that job done. The whole village will know. Yes, that was my thought when Stella said, what not have it chatted about in the village shop, that they actually were deciding to make a splash with it. 
Sad that they can't get their Grey Gables moment, though. Ooh, Grey Gables. Yes, we have What's going on, on there, the... Sarah? Yeah. What is going on? Chaos. What have you done with Ardle? Yeah, I can't possibly say. <laughs> We're conscious of time. One final question for you, which is if you were to have five minutes in Ambridge yourself, whose door would you be knocking on to say hello? Who would you want to spend a bit of time with? That's a really interesting question. I would really like to... I love Brad and Chelsea. It would be... Jazza, Tracy, Brad and Chelsea, absolutely. I, I mean, I know I've written eggs, beans and chips in their storylines <laughs> multiple times. It's one of my favourite meals, preferably for breakfast. <laughs> if you can get chips in at the start of the day, then it's going to be a good day. So, yeah, breakfast with chips, with, with the Horribans, definitely. Perfect. It's just been wonderful to talk to you Sarah honestly it really has and yes. we appreciate your yes. support of the podcast and just talking to us all about it Sarah Heher script writer for the Archers thank you so much yes thank, thank you very you. much thank, you. thank you for having me it's been a pleasure and I should just say we'll be back as normal midweek for a midweek roundup of what's happened in the Archers so far you can find us on YouTube there'll be a longer version of this on YouTube or on Facebook Instagram so from all of us bye 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.